0: it's 11 okay hey it's 11 yes okay i hey welcome harbor point welcome this is uh covid harbor point glad to have you i, I want to tell a story as we begin there's this uh there's this really really awful awful uh weather day and uh the pastor of a church thought nobody would show up and one farmer came to the church service just one farmer and the pastor said say you know uh, you're the only guy to show up. Should we still have a a worship service? And, and, the, and the and the farmer said, "You know what? If 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 I only have one cow show up to to feed, I, I'm going to feed that cow." And and so the the pastor said, "Okay, man." And he gave he gave this great message. It went it went. It was everything the guy had. He preached from Genesis to revelation he gave it everything he had and and then and then at the end of the, the message the, the pastor said well what do you think of what do you think of that worship service and and the, and, the, and the farmer said I tell you what if if I have only one cow show up I'd, I'd, I'd sure feed him but I wouldn't give him the whole load of hay now now, that's that's supposed to be a joke. I know it probably it didn't even make Larry laugh. But but I will say this. Larry's the only guy I actually see here. So so I'm, I'm not going to give him the whole load of hay. I'm not going to give you all the whole load of hay. But I do pray that this is going to be a time that we're going to sense God's presence in some special way. And we're going to start with with prayer Um, and, uh, I'm going to give a few announcements and then we're going to dive right in. But Lord, I just thank you for this time. I do pray that, uh, that we're going to, we're going to sense your presence, that you're going to guide and direct us, that this is going to be somehow an adventure that we're on together and that we're all going to grow closer to you in the process. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. My big announcement is I don't know where we're going. Uh, I I know that on Tuesday we're going to be having a Zoom Bible study rather than in-person. I cannot tell you what's going to be happening next week or in the weeks coming up. We will have always some form of gathering, uh, whether it's going to be virtual or whether it's going to be a combination. We may go back outside for a while. I just don't know. Uh, So much depends on how the... The numbers are doing and what's going on in people's lives. The reason why we're meeting as we are is because Clint came down with COVID. And uh, gosh, you know, I just want to pray for Clint. We want to keep him in our prayers and we want to be praying for the so many people who have been affected. Our grandson has come down. He's a policeman. He came down uh, with it yesterday. We have uh, Anne's, one of her very best friends, came down with it last week and and all these things are, are happening around us and it's kind of scary but I, I pray that it's not going to be just scary to us i pray that in one sense it's going to draw us uh maybe in a unique way into a deeper relationship with with our lord and i pray that for myself i pray that for for each of us kierkegaard talked about taking a a, a leap of faith and somehow this leap is not something that we are able to control, that we just kind of go out there. And, uh, you know, the prophet uh, Ezekiel talked about having a vision. He's on the, the Kibar River. Uh, he's in, he's in uh, Babylon. He's been in exile. He's in a place he doesn't want to be. And yet in this place, somehow that prophet was able to, to hear from God, to, to see a vision. And I'd like to share that because it kind of jump starts us into the direction that we're going to be going. We're going to be looking at the, the whole the whole subject of adventure. We did last week, we're going to do it again next week, but but this week the adventure is is really very, very relevant because I think we all are on an adventure right now. Anyhow, Ezekiel chapter one. If you've got a Bible, you can turn over to Ezekiel one. This is this is what This is what Ezekiel says. In my 30th year, in the fourth month of the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the Kibar River, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. Ezekiel is one of those special special guys that was tuned in to God in an unusual way. He, He both... Heard from him, and he spoke to him. And and this is is what is going on in our life right now. I pray that we're hearing and and speaking, that we're both hearing from God and, and that we're able to act upon what he's saying to us. It goes on to say, I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. Each one went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go, without turning as they went. The appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire, or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright, and lightning flashed out of it. and The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. And then in verses 25-28 through 28 it says, Then there came a voice from above the vault, over their heads, as they stood with the Lord wings. Above the vault, over their heads, was a figure like that of a man. I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, and he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire, and brilliant light surrounded him, like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. So was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord and when I saw it I fell face down and I heard the voice of one speaking it's kind of a a really eerie passage you read read sometime Ezekiel chapter 1 the whole chapter it's worth reading because it puts you into a, a different understanding of of life and reality in fact As some people began reading this in the nineteen seventies, they said, My goodness, this seems a lot like a flying saucer. And this was kind of kind of being promoted in in some respects by some people. In fact, there was there was a music group called the Sticks. And this music group, they they got a hold of that passage. And in the process of reading it, they said, Gosh, this mirrors something that's going on in our life. We sense that we too are kind of like we're in exile. We feel like we've been a backup band for a long time. No one is really thinking much about us, talking about us. They're talking about the headliners. We feel like our destiny has been truncated. It's been. It, we feel like we're, we're in prison in a way. We want to break out. We want to find something new. We want to go in a new direction. And, and as they read this passage, they came up with a, a song, and it's called, Come Sail Away. I'd like to read a, a little bit of that song to you. A gathering of angels appeared above my head. They sang to me this song of hope, and this is what they said. They said, come sail away, come sail away, come sail away with me. I thought that they were angels, but to my surprise, we climbed aboard their starship. We headed for the skies, singing, come sail away, come sail away, come sail away with me. You know, the old idea of sticks is a river that passes between the underworld the world of the dead and and the world of the living it's it's kind of this this idea that somehow if you're on the river Styx you understand that life is precious and that we're only here for a period and and maybe we're we're going through life that that we have sort of taken for granted but the reality is are that none of us are able to secure for ourselves what's going on we're all on an adventure and the invitation, come sail away. Come sail away with us. We've gotten locked into kind of a narrow perspective, our understanding of what's going on in our music careers. Come sail away with us in our attempt to break free. And the idea that all of us may need to come sail away, that God is inviting us to come sail away with Him, maybe something that's going on as well right now. I think it went on with Abraham. Abraham is a guy who... It was grew up in, in this, this uh, area called Ur of Chaldees. It's a city. It's a pagan city. And, and, and his story starts out this way. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. And while his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was a daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now, Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. Now, there's a lot of names and things going on right there. But what's going on is this. Terah had three children, and one of the children dies, and and uh, he has a son that, uh, the child that died, had a son named Lot. And Abraham, or Abram, was also one of his sons, and he had a a, a wife, and she was childless, Sarai. And then there was another brother uh that that Abraham had and that was Nahor and Nahor we we don't pick up exactly what's going on with him but we do know this that Terah sent some for some reason that he was supposed to leave the, his homeland he was supposed to uproot he's supposed to go from the Ur of Chaldees to to the the promised land that we call it Canaan he was supposed to go to Canaan and, and we don't know why he felt he was supposed to go there. It could have been that life was just not going the way he wanted to go. It could have been that there was a financial situation. It could have been there was a family issue. There could have been that he was just trying to get, get out of town because there some people upset with him. But we do know that he uprooted. He left where he was. He moved halfway to Canaan and he stopped at Haran. He, he, he brought his family with him. They stopped at Haran. And there he died. And when he died, he had been looking for guidance and direction from a variety of gods. He was, he was a pagan. He was not listening to uh, the Bible. There was no Bible at this time. He was not, he was not listening to the Lord God. He, he was worshiping other gods. But somehow God used him to redirect his son's life, Abram's life. He used him in a way that that none of us would probably have said, gosh, this is kind of the normal way that that we would expect God to act. But maybe that's exactly the way God acts. Maybe he's always doing things that are unusual. Maybe that's what's going on right now in our own lives as well. But the story continues. It says Terah took his son, Abram his grandson Lot of Haran and his daughter-in-law Sarai the wife of the son of Abram together they sent from they set out from the Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan but when they came to Haran they settled there and Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran this is this is this is the end of the story for Terah but it's the beginning of the story for Abram he's listening to God now and and somehow I don't know how. He's made a translation out of the the multitude of gods that are being worshipped to hear the Lord God. Somehow all the idols in his life were no longer those things that were kind of compelling in his life. He was hearing a different voice. Maybe the same voice that sort of brought Terah initially halfway. But it spoke to him in a way that said, keep on going. I want to bring you to Canaan. I want to bring you to the promised land. And that's, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, an, another message from God. Another way of God speaking. Another person who hears that message and now responds. <clears throat> Abram, according to the Bible, 75 years old. His wife is 65. She's on Social Security. Uh, A- Abram is, is four years older than me. I, I don't know how this works. But God is doing something. God hasn't sort of mapped things out in a, in a kind of a straight line or linear path. He's speaking to Abram, though. And Abram is, is listening. He's now listening to God. And, and that's sort of the message that seems to be, enable all of us to maybe move on from where we are. If we, if we can listen to God and then obey what He says. To listen to God and obey what He says. And, and, and I'm not sure all the time how God is speaking, He may be speaking in some unusual ways to you right now. I I don't know. Uh, Certainly, he could be speaking through what's going on in, in people's health. It could be through their jobs. It could be through the economy. It could be in a variety of ways that God is speaking. And sometimes he's speaking in ways that would be disturbing to us. Maybe he's upsetting the apple cart in our life. And he's saying, move on. Don't stay where you are. Move on. There's something new. There's a new understanding, a new direction that I want to take you on. In Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3, it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And Abram took that message and, and applied it to his life. And he says, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe what God has said. I'm, I'm going to take hold of that message. And it says, so Abram went. This is verse 4. So Abram went as the Lord had directed him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. And he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they'd accumulated and the people they'd acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. And you know when they arrived in Canaan, the first thing that, that, uh, that, that Abram does is, is to say, You know what? Um, I just want to get connected to God in a deeper way. It says, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moray at the Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land and the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I will give this land. And so Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And that may be the real message that we need to take from what's going on in our lives right now. We need to say, gosh, wherever you're taking me, wherever on this journey, you're moving me. Whether it's it's to Canaan or it's to Haran or it's whether it's to uh, Hampton. I I don't know where you're moving me or what you're doing in my life. I don't understand it, but I am going to do this. I'm going to take time to build an altar and worship. I want to make sure that you're placed first. I want to make sure I'm listening to you carefully. I want to be obedient when when you're speaking. After this, the next thing we find that uh, that. That Abram continues to move it says from there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent and with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east there he built another altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord that's Genesis 12 8 it's just like he's moving and moving and moving but whatever he's moving he's he's building an altar he's praising God somehow he's able to say God what are you saying as long as you're speaking to me I want to be in contact with you I want to maintain a relationship with you I want to be obedient to you In verse 12 9 it says "Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev which is which is in the the south of of the the promised land it's it's in the desert sort of area he was there to probably tr- take his 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 cattle and his his sheep, and, and he's probably one to say, okay, this is a better land to go to. But, but a famine came into the land. It says now in verse 12, 12, 10, now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. And, and that's always a bad sign. Whenever you find somebody going to Egypt, you know something bad is happening. When Jesus went to Egypt, it was when he was a little baby. It's because Herod was wiping out all the kids in, in, in Bethlehem. And, and so the family moved to Egypt. Egypt is a place where you don't want to go. And for a lot of people, it was a place of, of imprisonment, of slavery. It's a place where Abram got his eyes sort of off the ball. He, he went there, and there's Pharaoh. He says, I want to, I want to ingratiate you. Uh, he want to ingratiate himself to Pharaoh. And so he said to his wife, you know What? Uh, you're so beautiful. I tell you what, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Pharaoh have you. And, and he sort of said, I tell you what, maybe that will make things better for the family. Maybe better for me. Abram was was in, in this kind of context, was sort of listening to God on one hand and sort of listening to the voices that were just saying, I gotta preserve myself, on the other. He, he, was, he was listening to God, but he was also listening to his own concerns, his own understanding, his own way to benefit himself. He, he was listening to God, but he was kind of saying, but I come first in all this. And maybe some of us are in Egypt right now. Maybe some of us are, are, are in a place where, where it's, it's not it's not healthy. It's not healthy for us. It's not healthy for the people around us. And we're just sort of saying, I'm here because I'm trying to figure out a way that I can protect myself, but it's not a good place. After a while, God moved moved uh, Abram back out of Egypt and back toward the Negev, that area that he came from. It says in, in Genesis 13, 1 and 2, So Abram went up from Egypt to Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. And Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. He was wealthy. But, but his real wealth was not going to be in, in that area. It's going to be in his relationship with God. And I think that this is something that we need to underscore. It doesn't matter the things that we have around us. If we do not listen to what God is saying and obey what he's, what he's indicating to us, somehow we're just not going to be in sync with what, with what life is all about for us. It goes on to say that from Negev he went from the place... To place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier, where he had first built an altar, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Again, he's getting back into this kind of pattern of listening to God and responding to Him. Now, Abram was was a guy that was growing wealthy. His his nephew was growing wealthy. They they, however, because of their their expanded uh opportunities were started coming in conflict with each other and and abram decided i tell you what we need this we need to divide you go one direction i'll go in the other other direction so that we have plenty of land so that so that your cattle and your shepherds are able to take care of, of what's going on with you and i can take care of my situation as well and and lot chose to go down to sodom he chose to go to to a place which was which was very wealthy, but probably not very healthy. Meanwhile, Abram at this point is saying, God, I, I want to listen to you. I want to understand what you're saying to me. And it says, the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, look around you from where you are to the north and the south and the east and the west and all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring be. Could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land for I'm giving it to you. I want you to have all kinds of blessings. I want you to know that wherever you go, I'm going to be with you. I don't care where you go. I don't care if you're going to go to Egypt. I'm going to still be with you. I don't care if you go to the Negev. I don't care if you go to Bethel. I don't care where you go. I'm going to be with you. But I want you to know this. As long as you listen and you're obedient... Somehow, I'm going to allow you to understand that I love you far beyond your wildest dreams. The deepest needs of your life are going to be met as long as you listen and you obey. Somehow, you're going to get into what I really want to give you, and that's the fact that I love you beyond your wildest dreams. It says that Abram went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron where he pitched his tents and there he built an altar to the Lord and this is kind of where he set up shop basically for the rest of his the rest of his days and it says after this the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision do not be afraid Abram I'm your shield your very great reward a son is in your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. And through your offspring, I'm just going to bless you. I'm going to bless your name. I'm going to bless you personally. I'm going to give you a son. His name is going to be Isaac. His name is going to be laughter. His name is going to be joy. You're going to have the best that life has to offer. It's going to be coming to you. But I want you to listen. I want you to obey. I want you to listen. I want you to obey. And it says in in chapter 15, Genesis 15, verse 6, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. This verse is pivotal. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. Abraham believed that God really did love him. Abraham believed that God really was with him. Abraham believed that no matter where he went, God was there for him. Abraham believed that no matter what he was going through, God was there in the midst and would take him through whatever situation he was facing. He was on an adventure, and that adventure was with God. You know, many years ago, my, uh, I, I, I remember sharing with my dad some things that were troubling me, some problems I was facing, some things that were worrying me, some things that were getting to me. My dad, my dad said, Tom, what you need to do is not view these, these issues as problems. You need to view them as part of the adventure. You are on adventure. That's all that's happening That's all that's going on right now. You are an adventure. Now, my dad wasn't the type of person to say, and God is in the midst of that adventure. My mom would have said that same kind of thing, though. She would have said, and God is right there with you in the midst of what's going on. My mom did say this to me when I was a kid. She said, Tom, I never pray that you are without difficulties. I never pray that you're without challenges. But what I pray is that in the midst of all those, no matter what the issue is, that you sense the presence of God, that you know that God is there with you. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what kind of trial. It doesn't matter what kind of problem. You know, the the, the worst things of my life, the things that I thought were the worst things in my life, the things that have upended me, the things that have seemed to be... In my mind, what I want to scratch out, if I was going back and, and rewriting the story of my life, the things I would want to get rid of, those were the things that moved me, that redirected me, that helped me understand that, that somehow I'm, I'm not in control. And, and when I connect those things to the fact that God is there with me, that God actually loves me. That God is with me. Those things became blessings. They became the, the kind of thing that would enable me to move in a direction that, that was really what I was looking for anyways. Coming back again to that song, come sail away. Come sail away with me. I think that that is exactly what God is saying to each of us. And maybe, maybe right now more than ever. Come sail away. Come sail away with me. Come sail away. Come sail away with... Take the adventure with me. Come on this adventure with me. I want you to know I love you. I wish I could see you guys face to face. I wish... I I tell you what. I I am energized, encouraged, built up. It touches my soul when I can can put my arms around you. When I can look into your eyes. You minister to me more than I ever minister to you. But I want to say we're on this adventure together. We're going to see what God's going to be doing in our lives. All I do know this is this. No matter what, we need to build altars. We need to listen. We need to pray. And we need to believe that God is there. And, and He's going to credit that as being a good thing for all of us if that's the case. Let's pray together. Lord God, I, I, I don't know. We, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But we do know that you are the one who does bring tomorrow. The sun doesn't rise without you. We have no air to breathe without you. There is no relationship that is meaningful in life without you. Every person that comes into our life is a reflection of you. Every, every situation that happens in our life is, is, is something that you are at least allowing for our good. All things work together for good. For them that love God and called according to His purpose. And I just pray that that I I might love You with my whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. I pray that somehow that I might receive Your love as well. Because I know if I can do that, somehow the, the best of life comes back to me. And I pray that for each of us. I pray as we, as we spend the rest of this day, I just pray that we do so in health and safety. I pray for Clint and the many others that are, that are suffering right now. I pray for many people that are going through many things right now. And I just pray that in a special way that you're there. In Jesus' name, amen.